0: I forgot to start recording. So, um, yes, so baptism first, because our our kids are with us, and I want to talk uh, with them a little bit as well, hopefully on a level that they can understand, Uh, at least Atticus, I know Florence and uh, Eliza, they might not pick up as much of it as as we like, Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll start there. So um, the first thing about baptism, Atticus, do you know what baptism is? It involves water. Did you know that? Yeah. Ooh, I had to like water. Don't you like water? Oh, you do. <laughs> I like Dad's water being silly. Too. You like water too. Do you remember when you got baptized?
1: I remember when,
2: when Uncle Ben put you in the in the big tub?
0: Remember when you got baptized? Yeah. <laughs> so baptism involves water, of course, and so the first, like the imagery that surrounds baptism, um, as we're uh, as as we have it and in the prayers and such. Um, first of all, the Spirit hovering over the waters at the beginning of creation. Um, that's part of the imagery. Um, and, so, and then the Exodus. Atticus, you've ever heard about the Exodus? When the people went through the Red Sea, when Moses split the Red Sea and the people went through? That's another piece of imagery uh, that we have about baptism. Um, it's really important that baptism is kind of a new Exodus. It's through the water to new life. Um, and then uh, Noah is the next image. You know Noah's Ark? Atticus, do you know Noah's Ark?
3: Noah and all the animals in the ark?
0: Yeah. yeah. That's, another, that's another image of God bringing his people into freedom through water. Uh, and then in Romans 6, it's a symbol of death and resurrection. And so what's happening in baptism, of course, is uh, death and resurrection. And so, um, so baptism involves water. All right? Give me five, Atticus. You got it? All right. <laughs> this is all um, yes. So uh, one, one important thing about Ang- Anglican baptism is that baptism, in, uh, baptism is something that God does. It's not just something that we do. So it's not just something that we're, uh, it's not just a commitment we're making. It's not just our faith sort of saying, hey, everybody, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm a believer in Jesus. Mm. Um, it's, it's a sacrament. And so it means that God is actually doing something in the sacrament of baptism. So that's an important uh, part of this, Um, and that's what a sacrament is, essentially, from the catechism. Baptism is an outward, visible sign of an inward spiritual reality, but God gives us the sign uh, as a means whereby we receive the grace inherent in the sacrament, and as a tangible assurance that we do, in fact, receive it. Does that make sense? So, like, we... Thanks, Deliah. Yeah, I'm glad it makes sense to you. Um, So we've... uh, it is good that it makes sense. Um, so that makes sense? It's, it's not just uh, this thing that's like a convenient way of kind of uh, indicating something about our faith. It's an actual in the sign of the water. God is actually uh, conferring grace to us and to our kids. Um, and so the faith involved in baptism is the parents' faith when we baptize kids that are not old enough to, to do that, to kind of affirm their own faith. Um, And so, but it's basically the sacrament of kind of coming into the family of God. So it's a sacrament, which means God does something. Um, And it means that it's it's not, what's happening is not just in my heart as I do this, but it's actually in the water, and it's actually in the bread, and it's actually in the wine. That's the other sacramental act uh, that we participate in uh, every Sunday. So God communicates his presence to us in these ordinary things. That's basically the the idea of sacramental theology is that God communicates his presence to us through creation, through physical, tangible things. Um, that he's not opposed to creation, he doesn't work around creation, he works through creation. And we encounter his presence in those things. And it's what, it, what it's meant to do, what what the capital S sacraments are meant to do, is essentially help us into a life where all of life has become sacramental where we encounter Christ not just in the waters of baptism and in the bread and the wine on Sunday, but we encounter Christ in our neighbor. We encounter Christ in the poor. We encounter Christ in our spouse, in our kids, uh, where we learn to receive the grace that God is communicating to us uh, through creation. All right? So we've talked about this before. Um, It's sort of like, you know, have you guys ever been driving and there's a sign that has a picture of a deer on it? Like, what does that mean? Crossing. Deer crossing. Deer crossing. Yeah, deer could be in the area. Well, keep your eyes peeled, right? So if I if I veer off and hit the sign, have I hurt a deer? No. No. But if it was if the if the sign was a sacrament, I would have like done. I would have. The idea of a sacrament is that I hurt the deer by hitting the sign. Mm-hmm. Like there's a connection, right, between the presence and the bread and the wine. So, um, anybody ever read Harry Potter? Yeah. So the other, the other, and this is like an anti-sacrament, but a horcrux is an anti-sacrament, where like, Voldemort puts some of his life into a physical object, you destroy the physical object and you're destroying Voldemort. Does that make sense? But sacraments are kind of the opposite of that, where it's like, actually, it's not killing anything, <laughs> it's giving life. And so we really do receive God's, God's uh, presence, God communicates grace to us in the sacrament of baptism. So that's why, that's why we baptize babies, is like, well, God's grace is available to them as members of the household of God. So, you know, let's baptize them with the trust that eventually they will. We're going to raise them as Christians, and they will make a profession of faith later. Um, that will be their own, um, hopefully. So, um, so anyway, so that, that kind of thinking, though, was, was pretty prominent in the church until about the 15th, 16th century when rationalism uh, kind of came into being. And so it, some of the reformers were pretty scandalized by that. So they tried to get rid of any sacramental hint. Uh, in, And th- that's why you have a lot of Protestant traditions today that don't believe that anything's happening in baptism. Like, to me, it feels like a weird thing to try to, like, affirm, nothing's happening here, right? This doesn't mean anything. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's. But, but I understand it because they... They were so worried about sort of magic and, you know, the the ways that people were kind of treating sacraments. So I get it. Um, But we are inheritors of this kind of thinking as Westerners. Like we have kind of – most of us have a Protestant mind that, that thinks that's weird or we don't really think like that. We think there is the ordinary world and then there's spiritual stuff that I do. But the thing I love about sacraments is that they bring those two together and they say you can't separate these. Like this is bread and it's wine but God communicates his presence through it. Something happens when you take the bread and the wine that doesn't happen when you don't. Something happens in baptism that doesn't happen if you just raise your kid as a Christian, right? So, so it's important. Which makes sense. Yeah.
2: Like, When you think of back in the tabernacle the temple and yeah. all the practices that they're doing, whether killing an animal, making an offering, whatever, Right. right. there's something that was happening in yeah. this sacred space. Right. Like, earth coming together in my, mm. you know, There's so, I mean, that makes sense, too. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't
0: just a mind trip. It wasn't just, oh, here's a convenient way to remember that, you know, sin is serious and God is for us or something. You know what I mean? It's like, no, we actually believe that God was there. And that was God's home, was the tabernacle. That's where he dwelt among his people. Um, and you see this, too, even like when they're wandering in the desert, right? God's presence is there in a pillar of cloud hmm. it's a, and, a, and a pillar of fire. There's a physical manifestation of it. And you see this all, like, there's some weird stories in the Old Testament that communicate this as well, like people falling on the, wasn't there something where people fall on the bones of Elijah and they get raised from the dead or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's it. And then even in the New Testament, like, you remember where Paul, he was so busy making tents, he couldn't pray for everybody He wanted prayer, so he just, like, takes his, takes his handkerchief, like, off his sweaty head, probably, and he's like, here, take this to them. And then they take the handkerchief around, and anybody who touches the handkerchief gets healed. We think, oh, that's bizarre. No, that's sacramental. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's a there's a sacramental element to that. It's not, and again, it's not magic. It doesn't work automatically. Faith has to be present. But it is. Uh, there's a mystery there where it's like there's something about the handkerchief, I guess. You know, like that's interesting, isn't it? So does that makes sense. Yeah, so I have let's, a question. Go ahead. Yeah, please. I just have a question
2: because it's kind of like a practical. Situation that happened, but basically, when I was trying to explain this to a family member, um, there, I don't know if it's just like the binary is true, so like if our so if Delia's cousin was not baptized, yeah, then so when I when I was explaining this, she was like, oh, so like so and so doesn't have grace, uh huh, yeah,
4: um, so I don't know how to respond to that, yeah, yeah, I'm like. Um, what? Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's not what I'm saying.
4: Right. <laughs> I don't think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's coming from a hospital. So
1: I, it, yeah, totally. It makes totally. it really hard um, if you don't practice yeah. to, I guess, be inclusive. I yeah. guess it's the hardest part. It
2: feels yeah. like I'm like holier than thou because yeah. I practice these things. Yeah. And that's been hard. Yeah. Like,
0: it's yeah. hard because you
2: don't want to feel like. You know,
0: like, yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I, I would say, I mean, inside our framework, right, I would say, oh, your like, your cousin is having a kairos. You know what I mean? Or, or whoever you're talking to, yeah. right? Your, your aunts and uncles or whatever. Like, they're just having a kairos. You're explaining kind of why you're baptizing your kids. Right. And they're receiving it, right, in a, basically, it's in family systems theory. It's they're, they're experiencing anxiety yes. about their own choices, Right. And they're assuming that you're sort of like, oh, you're you're judging me, right?
2: right.
0: You know. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I would say is just like, that's their issue, right. and, it, and it's you know, it's okay that it's their issue, um, but um, but I think it is important to kind of know how to think about that, yeah. right? Um, and so I, I guess I would say I I don't think so. I was talking with somebody about this the other day, where they were like, okay, so if God, if, if salvation is in baptism. Right, if yep. God confers grace to us in baptism, then, like, what about kids who don't practice that, or babies who die before they can be baptized? Right. Like, are they going to hell? And so, the, the first thing I said was, I, "Who said anything about hell?" Yes. St. Augustine. Well, he did. And, uh, <laughs> but, but inside the, you know, he got a lot of things right and a lot of things wrong. I think. But, but inside of our theology, like, well, I'm not talking about salvation. Is not a matter of avoiding hell. You know what I mean? And it's not a matter of, like, but salvation is a matter of uh, God's life and, like, entering into life. And I think that God has tons of grace uh, for all kinds of stuff. I mean, I didn't baptize my kids yeah. when they were young because we didn't practice that. Right. You know what I mean? And so, um, so, so yeah, So I, I think God, God is going to give as much grace to as many people as he possibly can. Yeah. He's going to let as many people in as possibly can stand it. Like, that, that's, that's my theology, and so I, I would just, you know, I mean, I don't know what your relationship was like with them, but like, I think for me, I would just say, like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we have these convictions, and we believe that grace is available in the sacrament, and so why wouldn't we take it, you know? I get it if you don't believe that, you know what I mean? Like, that's fine, you know what I mean? I'm not telling you you should do anything, you know? Oh, yeah, great, great. Do you Do yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, I think that's how I usually answer it. It's just like there's grace available, and but if you don't believe that, or if that's not, you know, I mean we've got families in our church who don't like they haven't baptized their kids, right. um, and that's fine. You know, I I. I try to encourage them and say, well, "Hey, inside of our theology, like this is a grace that's available to your kids." And, yeah. you know, I, I but I don't disagree
2: I, with any of that. I find it, easy, it just because of my lack of understanding and because it still still feels new. Yeah. And it, it's a new paradigm to, uh-huh. to try to adjust to. But make, what makes me most like comfortable with it is like is thinking of the parallel between the, like circumcision in the Old Testament. Yeah. Baptism. Yep. Wow. Yep. That is bigger, more inclusive only mm-hmm. half of the world could be circumcised yeah. at the time, you know, and now. Yeah, yeah, everything yeah. Like that. Yeah, totally. That seems to be a, a, a nice parallel. Yeah. It's just easy to yeah. quickly grab onto. And,
3: totally. You know, it's actually really helpful. Um, sorry not to keep us on this too long. That's but, okay. Because, um, you know, I talk to my mom about this sometimes, and was like the idea of, like, you know, um, infant baptism. And mm-hmm. The tradition we grew up in was very much like, no... You're forcing them to do something that they don't want to do. Like, you don't know if they they can't choose. Like, yep. they know. They, and her view of baptism is very just different. She just sees it like as yep. meaning something different. But the idea of like you know Isaac didn't get a choice whether or not he was <coughs> circumcised; it just happened. You know, like. Yeah. Um. And so that's mm-hmm. and but thinking about the idea of grace, um, that's being conferred. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we like thought of it in the idea of a gift. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, God hates you, and if you right. don't get this grace, then like, oh, looks like you're gonna go to hell yeah. or anything like that. But more like the idea of like, no, God always gives grace, but we know that He also gives grace here. So why yeah. not He's promise uh, to be? Why not receive this gift yeah. Yeah. if you can? That's the
2: actual meaning of the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Totally. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like just, just, get this gift. It's, mm-hmm. it's not.
0: You don't lose anything by not getting it. It's just something extra. Yeah, Yeah. 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 yeah.
5: That's good. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: and that's—I mean—hold on to that too for confirmation, because that's ultimately the argument for confirmation. Is like, if grace is available, if this is a sacramental act of maturity and admission, well, why not? You know, like, why not? Why not receive it? You know, um, that's good. And I, I like Scott what you brought up. That's the other thing I wanted to make sure I mentioned about um, baptism is that it is about family, um, not just your family and the Crawfords, right? But it's about um, the family of God. And so baptism is entrance into God's, God's new covenant family, um, ultimately, uh, is, is what it was. And so it, to your mother's point, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. forcing kids to do something they don't, you know, we're not sure if they really want to do. Like, I wouldn't put it in, the terms, in terms of forcing, but we do this with our, like, we don't ask our kids what they want their name to be, yeah. right? We don't, in, we don't ask them, like, hey, when, when do you want to eat supper? And then we'll organize our life around you. Like, no, we, we have, like, these are the rhythms of our family. You're part of our family. You join us. Yeah. You know, you're part of, you're a lemming. You're a Crawford. That means something. Mm-hmm. And we invite you into that. Now, you know, as your kids get older, they might say, forget that. You know, I'm changing my last name. I hate you. Right? Um, hopefully not. But you don't, you don't sort of wait to see what they want to be. Mm-hmm. You call them into their identity. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, we do this all the time. But I think we're, like, we've got such an American kind of enlightenment, we make our own choices, like, we think like that so automatically that somehow infant baptism seems like this scandalous thing when calling your kids to the dinner table doesn't seem scandalous. I think it's you know? only scandalous in religious settings. I have no, nobody asked me if I wanted to play the cello.
3: Yeah. In Ten years, you're like... Practice, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Nobody asked my opinion. No one was like, and I made my opinion very clear. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I Still have to do it. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally.
0: Yeah, I, I, my parents signed me up for piano lessons, uh, and I remember hating it for like three years. Mm-hmm. And my parents were like, eventually, they, got, I got to the age where they were like, okay, yeah, do it this year. If you still hate it, you can quit.
5: Yeah.
0: And then something happened, like, and I was able to actually enjoy my own playing, and. And that's that's I think why I know how to like why music has been such a big part of my life is because mm-hmm. my parents said you're taking piano lessons because this is good for you you know or swimming lessons man I hated swimming lessons mm-hmm. but you but then know I became an instructor I did yeah I instructed <laughs> other kids in swimming uh, and really liked it um, and earned some money that's to buy myself that. guitars yeah <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah so so yeah so it's it's about family I remember this story um, when Ella was little um, maybe. Two or three years old, and she was uh, just—she's always been a super deep thinker. And so she was just sitting there. I think we were in the car, and then she was just looking out the window, pondering something in her in her little car seat. Then she looks up to the front seat and she goes, "Dad, how did I know my name when I was little?" And I was like, "That's such a profound question. How did I know my name?" And I and my answer, I was like, "This is part of how I think about baptism. I guess we just kept calling you that." And you learned that that was your name.
2: I mean, it's kind of the same thing with a dog. You can change your right. name at any time. You just have to be consistent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. 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 <laughs> That's right. That's right.
0: <laughs> but I, I was like, What's your name? Yeah. <laughs> but Ella. <laughs> Ella didn't have the identity Ella inside of her heart somewhere. Right. And she like discovered it. No, Ella's identity as Ella came from us, and we conferred it on her by calling her that we said you're Ella you know and we kept calling her that and then she received that identity and that's how identity works it comes from the outside of us it doesn't come from inside of our hearts that's, there's so much in movies that's like you know I've got this thing in my inside my heart and I'm gonna express it well no identity actually comes from outside of you even that idea that identity comes from inside of you comes from outside of you. you know it comes from watching all these movies that tell you that identity is inside of you well what is that that that's just that's a that's an identity that's coming from outside of you.
3: Right? Why transgender people? Because all is telling them this is your identity, and they're like, no, it's not.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a that's a maybe a deeper question uh, for some other time. But it's it is uh, no, that it is a it's a conundrum. It is, yeah, yeah. Uh, that like where does that come from? That right. I don't know. Um, so that's good. Um, so yeah, it's about family. It's about. Um, you know, we've been told we're supposed to carve out our own identity, um, but really, like, and this isn't an oppressive thing. Like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a family thing, right? It's you invite them into their identity uh, as, as, a, as a person and as a Christian. And obviously, it is important that they make a commitment of faith later on, and we never want to force that. We never want to assume that. Um, so that the last time we did a confirmation class with our kids, uh, like 12, 13-year-olds, like, it wasn't, like, I tried as best I could to, to make that, like, do you want to be confirmed? Like, like, here's your faith, we went through a catechism, like, is that, you know, do you want to say yes to this? Um, and we want to make that a legitimate, you know, choice at some point. But, you know, when they're younger, we do want to kind of baptize them into that identity. Um, so it's all about covenant, it's all about baptism, uh, it's all about family. Which is, that, that's, Scott, is the connection to the Old Testament. Circumcision, as well. So boys were circumcised at eight days old as a mark of their belonging to the community. Baptism is a similar thing. The early church started practically very early to say, like, this is a mark, and it wasn't just boys, you know. So it's a mark of your, um, it's a mark of your covenant identity in God's family. So, so anyway, and that this, I mean, part of it, part of it's pretty radical too because we still think in terms of our family identity you know, comes from our family of origin. But Jesus was pretty clear that like he's drawing new boundaries around himself. You know, so he scandalizes his own family when he says, Who, who are my brother and my and my mother? Well and he points to his disciples. He says, like I'm reconstituting the family of Israel in the church. So so a it's a big deal. I've heard the phrase, the waters of baptism are thicker than blood. Um, which I like. I like that phrase. So Um, so yeah, we baptize kids like based on the faith, like the, the question will be asked of the parents about your faith, you know? So that, that's where faith comes in is like, do you believe and will you raise this child in this way? And then around 12 or 13, we do want to have like an opportunity for kids to go through a catechism class and learn about their faith and have an opportunity to be confirmed. So that's kind of how baptism and confirmation work together. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. All right. Any other questions about it?
2: Uh, Not a question, but just, like, kind of of an observation. Kind of Mm -hmm. tying it back to, like, the salvation, like where salvation kind of connected to um, what baptism was. Like, thinking about, I've always thought of baptism as some sort of a parallel into the Exodus story. Yep. They're passing through the water. Yep. And then, like, when they're coming, when they're about to pass through the waters, there's a part where it says, I can't remember, but something to the effect of, like, as you're about to pass through these waters, see the salvation of God on the other side, something mm, like that. Yeah. And it doesn't, like, it would be silly to think, like, oh, once you pass through this water, now you're going to get to go to heaven. It was like, no, you're now actually going to be saved from your enemies. And here's just this finite moment in yeah. your life right now that's a gift, yeah. right? Salvation, gift, cares, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: And, yeah, uh, new, new life. Ooh. They had a lot of growing to do. Right. And they didn't do very well. You know what I mean? Like right. wandering around the desert for 40 years. Like that's what happens after Exodus, right? Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. Where, you know, God's trying to grow them up into the people that he's called them to be. Yeah. 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 The, the song we oftentimes sing is from somebody, a priest uh, wrote it from our diocese called Through the Water to New Life. Maybe many, some of you have heard it. Um, but you can look at the imagery there. He, he uses that imagery, the spirit hovering over the water. Um, I think he uses... Exodus, uses John the Baptist baptizing Jesus, uh, and then he used our baptism. So those are the, th- the four kind of verses of the song, are those images of through the water to new life. Jesus goes through the water to new life, and then we go through the water to new life. The Israelites went through the water to new life, and I think the Spirit hovering over the waters is the first verse. So, um, that, and that you know, creation narrative, too, is through the water to new life, because the, the indication seems to be that the earth was sort of covered in water. And there was this chaos, you know. Water always represents death and chaos. And so we go through the water with Jesus. So under the water means death, chaos, you know, dying to sin, being cleansed. And then coming up out of the water is uh, resurrection. And so sharing sharing in Christ's life. Yeah. So. And then actually
2: this is a question. Where, how, how far, like, what's the story of, of the term confirmation kind of coming into play, I guess, in church history? Yeah. You know, because if, like, uh,
1: we talked about the whole sex I know poor girl
0: bonk got a bonk it was a good one you can tell,
4: you can tell by how
0: quietly they cry that's yeah. like the initial cry and then what's the space 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 between space, the,
3: space, 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 yeah.
1: space yep <laughs> The longer the space, the louder the next cry. So it's very my kids way. would just hold their breath and pass out. It was just great to watch. Yeah. Breathe. Yeah. He's Breathe. Yeah. Yeah. breathing again. Yeah. Everything's <laughs> fine now. People are like, your kid's not breathing, I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> he he does this all the time. There it is, there it is, there it is there's the breath. <laughs> <laughs> the three of my kids, survived did that. Oh, that was, that was so like, so bad. Bad. Yeah, yeah. That would have been a hold the breath, pass out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's <amazing>. I know. <laughs> there
3: so the cool. was not as you. Like they're gonna pass out. That's like, <laughs> fine. <laughs> like, she was used funny. to just get
4: so upset she would throw up. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. oh, wow. Yeah. oh my goodness. That is. Remember. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder
2: about like when.
5: Yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk the about that. Is, yeah. Like,
2: the, uh, the opportunity for consent. You know, consent. Like if you didn't get consent as a child to get baptized, well now you have the opportunity to consent to
5: your own confirmation.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically. You, basically, you're reaffirming your own baptism. Yeah. Yeah, and you're, you're sort of claiming... It is an important moment of faith for people, for children, especially who are who grow up in the faith. Um, and we'll talk about that in just a little, in just a little bit. Uh, do you guys want to look at your packet here real quick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is the baptism service. The confirmation service is in there as well. Um, so the first page is just some, uh, just some information about baptism, the sacramental rite. Um, so yeah, there's just some instructions there. Um, so if you go to the second page, which is printed on both sides, uh, it says Holy Baptism. Sorry, it, it's the page wrong, Carlo. Oh, okay. um, so it's a it's a different service. Um, Traditionally, uh, as you can see up there, it's the Easter Vigil is a traditional time to do baptisms. Uh, Pentecost is a traditional time to do baptisms. All Saints Day, which is when we're doing baptisms, or the Sunday after All Saints Day. Um, All Saints Day is November 1st. We're doing baptisms November 3rd. And then there's one more. I missed one. Oh, the Baptism of Our Lord in Epiphany. Um, we've, we've done baptisms kind of just whenever, but um, I thought it was kind of fun that we were able to do it on All Saints Day this year. So it's a different—it's uh, a different service. We do it during Sunday worship, um, you can kind of see the greeting there is a little bit different. Talks about baptism, and then um, that little thing after Amen just says the liturgy continues with the appointed lessons, uh, which is scripture, and then there'll be a sermon, and then as a, the response to the sermon will be the baptism, essentially. Uh-huh. Okay. So the, the response to the sermon is now we're going to baptize. So the celebrant exhorts. Um, the the congregation the celebrant is the priest who's uh, celebrating the Eucharist um, the presentation so adults and older children I don't think we have any of those so we'll skip that one and go on the next page to infants and younger children um, and so there will be a sponsor godparents or sponsoring parents so for Florence uh, since I'm celebrating uh, Deb can maybe come up and present maybe they'll be the sponsor um I was going to see if John, I'll ask John in a little bit, uh, who, who's going to be sponsoring their kids. Um, so anyway, so that person says, I present Florence Lemming to receive the sacrament of baptism. Hey, John, do you guys have sponsors or godparents for your kids? Uh, probably. Okay. Uh, for baptism? Yeah, for baptism. All, all of our parents will be here. So one okay? Of them, yeah. That okay? Yeah, um, yeah they they're can. they're not confirmed uh, in the church. I don't think confirmed. that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Presented individually by their godparents or sponsoring parents. So yeah, so it's somebody, I think somebody beside the parents of the child presents presents the child for baptism. So right. I think you could use a family member uh, or perhaps somebody that is in, like, close to your family from the church. Okay. I don't know if like the Ruach okay. could present or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that yeah, that yeah, that yeah. Probably, that would Okay. Be all right, so I, that that's somebody does that, I present Florence Lemming for to receive the sacrament of baptism, or I present, you know, um, Atticus, Dennis, is that right? Mm-hmm. Dennis was my dad's name. Um, so anyway, and then they do that, and then they uh, they're asked the, the sponsoring parents and godparents are asked, you know, will you will you help this child grow um, in, in faith? Basically, uh, are you ready to undertake this? I am, the Lord being my helper. So the sponsoring it's When you ask them, like, it is a little bit of a big deal. You know what I mean? To, like, to, to really. promise to be able to do this. So, um, so yeah, I don't think it needs to be somebody who's confirmed in the Anglican church necessarily. Okay. I think it's just whatever you guys would like to, to do. Um, all right, and then there's the examination, profession of faith, where basically um, they. Ask, I'm going to ask you parents uh, kind of you, you know, basically the baptismal vows. You renounce the devil you renounce empty promises? Do you renounce sinful desires? Do you turn to Jesus? Do you joyfully receive the faith? Obediently keep God's commandments, walk in them, etc. Okay? You guys say, I will. Um, And then we ask the congregation, are you guys going to do everything you can to support these persons? And they say, we will. And then we say the Apostles' Creed together. On baptism days is when we do the Apostles' Creed uh, instead of the Nicene Creed. And so that's done kind of with uh, the questions from the celebrant you believe and trust in Jesus Christ the whole church does that together and then there's a litany for the candidates this this functions as the prayers of the people for the day um, and so I think Spen- I'll probably have Spencer do this since he'll be our deacon at that point and so he'll he'll pray uh, those prayers we'll all pray those responses together Then the celebrant on the next page prays for the candidates um, and then we come to the sacramental part of it. So now that we've kind of settled, okay, you know, we're, we're all set here. Um, Deacon will pour the water and we'll, we'll start the, the sacramental part of it. Um, there's Thanksgiving over the water. Um, this, you, you'll notice kind of halfway down the page there, it says, here the celebrant touches the water and says, now, Father, sanctify this water. That's, you'll notice that happen uh, at the table as well. There's a touching of the cup. There's a touching of the bread. There's a request that the Holy Spirit would sanctify, set apart this water to be something that we use sacramentally, um, which is why we don't, you know, pour the wine down the drain or just you know chuck the bread out the door, like we 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 treat it reverently. And so we'll do the same with the water um, for, for baptism because it's been sanctified. So, and you'll notice the touch there as well, like right? This is a there's something, you know, we believe happening in the touch.
1: Hey. I mean, like you
0: water a plant or something. Water. What's that? what do you do with the water? What? Oh, yeah. You can pour it out outside, or there's oh, okay. a. Um, you just sort of the 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 tradition is, is just not to yeah it's just not to kind of throw it into the sewer. Right. You know, just treat, yeah. you don't treat it like common something water. Something intentional. You do something. Like yeah. Yeah. So the, these guys actually have they're sacramental enough that they have a a little sink in back in the sacristy called a piscina. And that actually doesn't go into the sewer system. It's a drain that goes out onto some ground that's oh, been prepared nice. for that purpose. Nice. Um, so that's we can dump the, the wine down there. We can dump the sacramental water down there. Or sometimes, you know, sometimes I can't get the lock open on that piscina, so I just have to take it outside. So dump it onto the ground. Um, so anyway, so that that that's that'll happen. Touch the water, and then the baptism basically where. Um, It says the celebrant may say, name this candidate. I don't think we're going to do that. The celebrant will just kind of take uh, the kids and just say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. there will be three times over the head. We'll have a little baptismal three times over the head. And then we've got some chrism oil, which has been consecrated by the bishop uh, that we'll use to just make the sign of the cross on their forehead. And um, I like the second prayer on the next page, rather than the first one, which is the more traditional prayer. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. Um, if garments or candles are presented, they are given here. We don't do garments, but we do have candles, and so a candle will be lit from the Christ candle and then given um, not to the not to Eliza, um, but <laughs> to, to John or Marissa, you know, um, or, or Florence. Um, And then when everybody's been baptized and signed, then there's a final prayer. And then let us welcome the newly baptized. Everybody hoops and hollers. Uh, Oh, and says this, we receive you into the fellowship. And then we do the peace, and we continue with the service with the Eucharist. Are
2: doing the water in the... Oh, you know what? You didn't do that last time. I, I just have a very good memory of my dad just getting water in his face. (laughs) <laughs> right. yeah. great i'll try to make sure your dad gets gets a yeah. lot of it
0: yeah. no that's a good that's a good thought i'm gonna make a note i would, I would like to do that again what's that like to does
3: it remind us <laughs> the rest of yeah. us our remember your baptism yeah so there's there's
0: holy water in a little thing we've got um and, and it's basically remember your baptism and we chuck water around the room so remember that you are bought with a price gotta do that gotta yeah the incense. Yeah, yeah, incense, all of it, yeah. It's great out. Okay, any questions? There, there's, the next page is additional directions, and so this is mainly just for people who are planning everything, but if you guys are interested, you can read through it. Do you guys have any questions about baptism? And
4: then do we just dress her in white? Is that the... You can, okay. yeah,
0: it's, it's uh, you can. Okay. Yeah, so, you don't need to. Okay. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't make that up. <laughs> Okay. Right Any other questions? Okay. All right. Let's talk about confirmation. Well, welcome, Matt. Thank you. Welcome back. Thank
1: you. Good to see you. You're like a it comes in on the confirmation Yeah. I'm Disney World
4: and I'm going to be I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you
0: remember, remember what's you're going all on, Princess Thou? Here I am, done. Yes. You're all Princess All right. That. I got all the dust I
4: need.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um, so before we run through the service, let's talk a little bit about uh, confirmation. Um, so confirmation is not a sacrament like baptism in the Eucharist is. But in the Anglican Church, it is often called like a, a sacramental act uh, or rites commonly called sacraments. So basically, the, the, set of, the Eucharist and baptism are set apart as something that Christ specifically commanded. Um, and he promises specifically that he will be here uh, with his presence uh, to meet us. Does that make sense? But because those sacraments are meant to open us, into, open us up into a life of sacramentality where we, we just live in sacrament, there are also other acts that are commonly called sacraments where the church has recognized, you know what, God does confer grace in these acts. So there's the laying on of hands, you know, that kind of thing. So sacramental rites, um, the other ones in the Anglican church are absolution, so, if you confess your sins to a priest um, and receive absolution, that's a, considered a sacramental act. Uh, ordination Spencer's going to be doing that this weekend—that's um, a sacramental act. Marriage is considered a sacramental act, and the anointing of the sick, unction um, for for the uh, for the sick. And what about priesthood? Uh, that's ordination. Oh, yeah, oh okay. Yeah. So, ordination cool. to deacon, priest, or bishop is considered a sacramental okay. act. Yep. Um, so basically, they're sort of deeply charged locations of God's grace, um, but they're not quite the same thing as baptism in the Eucharist, uh, because those are considered necessary for salvation, um, baptism and eucharist. Eucharist. Um, so confirma- this is your question, Scott, from earlier. Confirmation, where did it come from? Uh, confirmation arose out of the early church's reflection on scripture in connection with one, how one became a Christian. So it was first used to describe what happened when a bishop would lay hands upon, pray for, and anoint the forehead of a newly baptized with oil, signifying the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we actually do that um, in in baptism, but the bishop isn't there, but the oil that the bishop is blessed is there. So uh, we, do, we do that, but the newly baptized and confirms, confirmed would then receive their first Eucharist. So gradually, that's kind of the ancient church. Gradually, in the Western Church, confirmation became separable from baptism. So it used to happen right at the same time, yeah. and it still does in the Eastern Church, where they baptize babies and then they 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 confirm them, and then the babies receive their first Eucharist. You know, like they just give them a little tiny piece of bread and wine, and a little dropper, put it in their mouth. You know, what I mean, and so they receive their first Eucharist right away. In the Western Church, those things became separated. Baptism became separated from Eucharist. And so, for Anglican churches, the normal course would be that you were baptized as an infant, and then what we do as a teenager—you undergo some instruction, and then you're prepared for confirmation. Does that make sense? Yep. So it's just—it's kind of how the tradition developed.
4: I missed the dropper thing. What's going on? Oh, Oh, in Eastern churches. That's just an interesting anecdote. Yes, yes, (laughs) interesting anecdote. There will be
0: no—there will be no droppers filled with wine for your babies. I was
4: like, wait, what? (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Not that I would care.
5: (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, in, the, in the Eastern Church, that's, they, they baptize babies, they confirm them, and then they give them their First Communion, all in the same time. In the Western Church, it's become separated, where confirmation is for kids who can understand their faith, they receive instruction, and then they're confirmed. In their and then as far as,
4: we don't do First Communion then.
0: No, First Communion is basically whatever, yeah, it's not like a big deal. Like big in deal, Catholic like, churches, yeah. oftentimes it's first grade or whatever. But for Anglican churches, it's just, like, we just ask parents. If if I see a kid there that I don't know, and, you know, the kid isn't indicating if they can receive or not, I'll just ask the parents, can they receive?
4: Mm-hmm. And
0: then I just trust whatever, whatever the parents decide, you know. Okay. So some, some parents, I think, I don't know if anybody in our church has done this, but some parents have said, like, we don't want them to receive yet. That's fine. Um, but other parents... I but mean, in
5: our
2: tradition, they have to be baptized. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, that's the requirement is... To to receive communion, you need to be baptized. Okay. So. And if anybody ever wanted to receive without being baptized, I would just say, why don't you want? To, tell me why you want to receive without being baptized. That doesn't make any sense. Mm. You know what I mean? If you think there's something sacramental in the bread, mm. well, why wouldn't you want to receive the sacrament of the water? Mm. Right. Mm. So, um, I probably wouldn't be that. Sassy. But I would. <laughs> Sassy. Right. At the altar. But I, would. I probably would yeah. I would just bring up the question gently. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yes. So a few, a few concerns that some people have had um, are like, uh, if it was connected to baptism originally, like, why be confirmed? Right? If baptism is sufficient for salvation, like, what's the deal with confirmation? Why, why should we do that? Um, and uh, what if there's no bishop around to offer confirmation? Because confirmation is the realm of the bishop. So Matt and I can't confirm you, which is why we had to schedule the bishop to come to do confirmations. And the first 200 years of America's existence, there were no bishops here, um, because England wouldn't give us any. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of politics. They lost yeah. the war, and they,
4: were, they were bitter about it. They were bitter. They were like, "Fine, you don't get any bishops." So having
0: so don't have any bishops here. Or no. No, it was, it was complicated. Um, so anyway, so confirmation now is no longer a prerequisite for receiving communion, which is what you were uh, asking about, Alicia. Um, so basically, like, the, the question sometimes ends up being, like, well, why bother with it then? Um, but uh, I think probably the, a better question is, well, why not? <laughs> you know? Again, if it's a deeply charged sight of God's grace, well, why not? Why not do it? Um, I think we, we don't need to think in terms of a minimum viable faith, this is a phrase I've been thinking about. Like a minimum viable faith. Like oftentimes we're trying to ask questions about, like what's the minimum I need to do? Mm-hmm. Right? To be like, and behind all of that is just all these false assumptions about what, we're, what is the church and what is salvation, right? Yeah. Like what do I need to do to avoid hell, yeah. yeah. basically, and still kind of do what I want? It's like that's just the wrong question. Like if, if grace and life is available to you, go get it. You know what I mean? Like that, that's my theology of salvation. Like, go get it. Live into it. Live into it more. So, um, so I think that's that's a better way to think about it. What does God have in store for us? Um, that kind of thing. Uh, and then there's an article I read that, that was really good. I think that, so first of all, the Catechism says this. What grace does God give you in confirmation? In confirmation, God strengthens the work of the Holy Spirit in me for his daily increase in my Christian life and ministry. So it's a strengthening of the work of the Holy Spirit in you for the increase of God's life in you. And that's, that's kind of the, that's what the Catechism says. So there's an article I read that um, we put on our website, but basically it talks about confirmation as the sacrament of maturity and mission. So I think this is the way to think about it, maturity and mission. So maturity, it's, it's the sacrament of growing up. It's the sacrament of saying, I'm, I'm, I'm taking hold of this. Um, sort of highlights growth. Uh, The Holy Spirit's present, um, and so it's the gift of the Holy Spirit for the strengthening of your faith. Um, So yeah, so basically like uh, Ephesians 4, where Paul talks about growing up into the fullness of Christ, um, that's kind of confirmation, growing up into the fullness of Christ. If the bishop is here and grace is available, like, let's do this, right? Grow up into the fullness of Christ. And then it's also the sacrament of mission. Uh, which means that it's kind of like ordination for lay people. Confirmation is ordination for lay people, essentially. If you're not called to holy order, deacon priest, bishop, uh, then confirmation sort of marks you out as one who is called by Christ to undertake the vocation, the mission that he's given to you. Um, so it's, again, sort of like ordination. Um, it's not, and this is you know, uh, how it's commonly practiced in a lot of churches, it's not graduation, <laughs> you know for kids, it's not like I graduated from church. like it's not commencement, it's more like initiation. It's more like, well baptism is initiation, it's more like commissioning. It's like, you know
1: Come take to the part.
0: Uh, yeah, if you're a man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not sort for of all of us. God. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> receiving uh, receiving God's grace uh, for mission. So which happens everywhere. All right. So I mean, it's a little bit about confirmation. Does anybody have any questions about it in general before we go over the service?
4: I've one other thought about confirmation. Makes me think about it this way, especially because the church for many centuries was a more of a communal-based mentality. People derived their identity based upon tribe, clan, village, city, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And now we've moved sort of to more of an individualist kind of. Uh, Identity making culture, you know, mm-hmm, the yeah. Um So, baptism is something that you give your child like you give them your last name, right? So, you don't wait till they get to be old enough to decide what name they want. You name them, right? And so, baptism is, a, is an initiation into the communal aspect of what it means to be a Christian. So, you're discipled into being a Christian. And confirmation, I think, is in our culture can function as. That person laying hold of that for themselves. Yeah. So there's a sense in which confirmation there's a there's a personal response to the grace given in baptism. Yeah. That confirmation mem- memorializes, ritualizes, mm-hmm. and I think it is an important. I think initiation is the right metaphor. Mm-hmm. It's the right. Initi- it's it's a it's an important initiation ritual for a person. Yeah. To own things. You know. So so confirmation isn't decided for you. Yeah. You decide about confirmation. Yep. Whereas baptism in our tradition is something why, why wouldn't you baptize your children? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. So there's a that's the difference. Yeah.
3: Um if one has already been anointed, can you like not be confirmed? Or is that like a <clears throat> uh
0: well it depends on what you mean by anointed. Just like it was like a, a it was like a ceremony in the church.
3: It was like
4: Benny hen gave the anointing as I was nah, <laughs> No, 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 it wasn't
3: anything like that, but uh, yeah. Just some friends uh, who are pastors uh, prayed over me and
0: like, oh yeah. Me. yeah, yeah, yeah. So does that like, is that's, it like baptism so like, you can't be rebaptized or no. like? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that, I wouldn't say that's confirmation because yeah. there wasn't, one of the other important parts about this is that it's a connection to the church, capital C, church, and, which in Anglicanism and Roman Catholicism and Eastern Orthodoxy, we believe that is located in bishops. Like the unity of the church the the bishop the office of bishop is kind of like the sacrament of the unity of the church now it doesn't you know i mean like those three branches of the church are not in communion with each other so that you know it's problematic but it is a sort of theology that we hold on to to say there is something about being being confirmed by a bishop that connects you to the church kind of the, the worldwide church even yeah. though yes we have our divisions and you know we fight all the time and, but you know that's not new we started fighting pretty early, you know, church history. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, the bishop is kind of a he's not just like a like a super priest or something like that, but it's it's an office that actually is meant to communicate that the church is one. And we, we submit to that. So Yes. So unless the bishop was involved and it was called confirmation and it yeah. was in the Roman Catholic Church or the Eastern Orthodox Church or the Lutheran Church, I think Anglicans honor the Lutheran Church confirmation. Then it wasn't confirmation. Okay. Now, there are some who have been confirmed, though, like Sean and Katie, and they will be received. So they won't actually be confirmed again. They will be received, but that's because the Anglican Church, those other, those other church groups, those fellowships, mm-hmm. they have some regard for the office of bishop. Yeah. And so they say, that's confirmation. Yeah. Same way that they say, if you've been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, you've been baptized. You don't need to be baptized as an Anglican, right. necessarily. Um, so they, they see the same thing with confirmation. But it would have to have been with a bishop in one of those fellowships. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a good question. Any other questions about confirmation? Okay. You guys want to run through the service real quick? Just kind of see what we're going to do next Sunday. This is, uh, there's no page numbers here, but... Um, It starts with preface to confirmation. Um, You may want to read that at your own discretion. Um, And again, this is just out of our prayer book. You're you're welcome to grab one of these. Um, This is kind of like the nice fake leather version. Uh, There's also a hardcover version that's a little bit less expensive. Um, So confirmation, reception, and affirmation. You guys look to this page here. Uh, this This is where we're at. So this is, again, kind of like baptism. It's a service that kind of stands apart. Uh, there's several things that we do that we don't normally do, and we take out other things that we normally do uh, for it. So uh, it starts with the bishop. Um, uh, well, actually, it says the celebrant, um, which may be different from the bishop. Our bishop prefers just to preach and not celebrate communion. And so uh, he's the bishop, and so he said, that's fine. We'll do what you, we'll do what you want. Um, because we took a vow of obedience to the bishop, so yeah. Todd's an easy man to obey. Um, so anyway, so oh, never mind. The bishop is there. Uh, so the Lord will pour out His Spirit on all flesh. Sorry, it says the celebrant, and I was like, oh wait. Uh, so there's the opening, uh, the opening, uh, the opening acclamation is different than they normally do, and then the, the again that little line there. The the liturgy continues with the lessons as directed in the Eucharist. We've got some special script. That's scripture. So we'll read scripture, um, Todd will preach a sermon, um, and then as a response to the sermon we do confirmation, okay? So same with baptism. So the candidates are presented, um, pre- pre- people should have a presenter um, of some kind, and so, um, I can't remember if I, if I emailed you guys about that, about having a presenter. It can be your spouse, if you have a spouse, that's fine. Uh, if you don't have a spouse and you want to be confirmed, just ask somebody who's like, kind of walked with you in your journey of faith. You know, just somebody in the church that would be like, oh, I'd be happy to present you. Does that make sense? So, I presented last minute. Presented my friend along with Matt and a couple of other, other priests for ordination at our retreat. And he was just like, texted us, Hey, will you guys, will you present me? And it was like, Yeah, sure, we present you. So anyway, the presenters say, Reverend Father in God, we present these persons to receive the laying on hands. Have they been prepared? They have. Um, the bishop says some words about confirmation, and then there's the examination where he asks you basically to, re- to repeat those baptismal vows that, that parents make uh, or people make before they are baptized. Do you renounce the devil? On the next page, do you renounce? There's three renunciations, three affirmations. Do you turn to Jesus Christ, directly receive the faith, obediently keep God's holy will and commandments? Then we ask the congregation, very similarly, will you help these people to do this? We will. And then the sacramental part of this then is not the water in baptism, but the sacramental part is the laying on of hands by a bishop. And so the bishop prays, and then those who are presented for confirmation, there's a confirmation, uh, there's two options there. Uh, I like the second option. It's a bit um, more similar to the older prayers that I'm used to, (laughs) Uh, but I, I like it as well. Strengthen, Lord, your Holy, with your Holy Spirit, your servant, Carlo, or Ellie. Uh, empower her for your service. Sustain her in all, all the days of her life. Amen. So he just lays on hands, and that's it. People being received, it's a little different, because we just acknowledge that you are, have already been confirmed into what we would recognize as part of the One Holy Catholic Apostolic Church. So we just ask, strengthen, O oh Lord, with your Holy Spirit, your servant, Sean, whom we recognize as a member of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church and receive into the fellowship of this communion. That's the the Anglican church. Empower him for your service and sustain him all the days of your life. Amen. Once we do that for everybody, on the next page, we don't have anybody reaffirming baptismal vows. Um, That would be, by the way, if somebody sort of fell away from the faith or, you know, had a season of rebellion or something like that and wanted to come back to the church and receive like a sacramental rite. Oftentimes in... I was just at a, I was just at a church this weekend. (laughs) I was just at a church this weekend where they, um, somebody was doing that, and it was like I want to be baptized again, and the church was like, that's fine, you know. I was like, well, back in my mind, I was like, theologically problematic, but, (laughs) but I get the impulse, right? The impulse is like, I want to, I want to come back to faith. I want to do something like that. That's what reaffirmation is for. It's like, you've already been baptized, you've already been confirmed, but now you're reaffirming your baptismal vows, and we want to do that publicly.
4: Which we do at every baptism, anyway.
0: Yes, we all do that, every baptism. Right, yeah, so you can just do that. But if you want to receive the laying on of hands of the bishop, that'd be cool, too. All right, and then there's a concluding prayer, and then we do the peace, and then we do communion. So that's confirmation.
1: Any questions? I have a kairos. Oh great! Uh, yeah, let's hear it. It's a way you bring people attention. Yeah, I don't have a question. I'm sitting there thinking it's so funny that this um, confirmation, my Catholic background, yeah. which um, after my mom passed away when we were nine, my dad married a fundamental Baptist, and we kind of went to the direction. Yeah, God was all in that, um, but. Um, But my Catholic background has always been such a big part of my life. It's like I've tried to escape it, but it's like um, it's like followed me. Baptized there, confirmed there, and then I was sitting there thinking. And Todd Bishop Todd was the leader of the Vineyard Movement when I was in the Vineyard Movement. Oh wow! Yeah. And I was like, oh, two major places of my faith. Hmm. Huh. being you know recognized in the same day hmm. yeah just a peace. i kissed isn't that nice that's yeah. nice. just like oh that's so sweet that is sweet oh. yeah. yeah I appreciate
0: oh. you sharing that right? it feels
1: pretty. Cool. that's awesome yeah it makes you smile when you see the um, the planets aligned yeah, and and yeah, yeah. No, like cool. oh there is a plan yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, <nice>. that's good.
0: <laughs> That's great. Very good. I, I was thinking about your comment too, that um, when you say I have a Kairos, how our church sort of like comes to attention. <laughs> I kinda love that. Yeah. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> it's like we all know that there's like, oh holy ground. Like concept yeah. or something. Let's, yeah. let's pay attention. Yeah. I kinda love that. Alright. Well folks, it's probably about time to get ready for worship. Yeah. Any other any other thoughts? Appreciate you guys being here and Thank walking curious. through this with
1: curious. us. Thank you. Yeah, sure.
3: Uh, I'm just curious about like, because I had heard this from two different Like, Catholics, if you want to become Catholic, you have like, basically a year of training. Yeah. And I think it's like an Orthodox, it's like three years of like, yeah, just like, yeah. which, first off, I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, uh, John, we were talking about this the other day. No, I was talking to Spencer about it the other day, about how like, in sort of more, like, evangelical moves of Christianity. It's like, what What happens if you die tonight? Quick, quick, like, are you ready to go to hell or go to heaven? Like, convert, convert, like, just accept Jesus. Raise your hand right now, you know, like, kind of a thing. Yeah. As opposed to the whole, like, the older branches of Christianity, like, yeah. let's feel this. Yeah. Like, so, I don't know, it's just something that, like, I just wanted to learn more about it. Just, like, wanted to, like, sort of spend more time observing uh, the faith. Yeah. So, anyways.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's that's uh, that's helpful. I I have those same instincts, Carlo. Mm. Just to say, I, I would love to call people into, and th- there is a there is a, actually a rite of like preparation for confirmation that that you can go through mm. uh, that involves like you know catechesis, fasting. You know, exorcisms. You know, all kinds of, all kinds of stuff. Um, Let's do it. That uh, you're in, huh? I'm in. If I can get rid of some of these demons, no, no more
2: accountability. for me.